0: So before the service, I'm in the hall coming here getting ready to walk in, and uh, one of our foreign exchange students was out there on her, on her phone. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So, so uh, she's, uh, Elsa, she's from, uh, and so she's out there. I thought she was taking a selfie. So I decided to photobomb. Now, if I would have said the word selfie 10 years ago, you would have gone, what are you talking about? Matter of fact, maybe you less than that. And now, if I would have said photobomb, half have you still don't know what I'm talking about. There's these terms that we use, and what that means is you're going to go into the picture in the background and go, you know, make a face, and so you're the So instead, I found out that she was actually on with her mom. So she's talking with her mom on her phone right now, if you're following me, my mom. Is, uh, so, could you have imagined some of us, in our life, that you would hold a simple little phone like this, and you could talk to somebody live in another country, and see their face and interact, real time. Real time. It is crazy, isn't it? The things are new. There's new terms being thrown out there all the time. I can't keep up with them either. I got those two down, sort of, I guess. But there's other terms that uh, that one, the, the millennials have decided to come up with. And they needed a verb because they're growing up. And so every time they are about to do something grown up, they call it we're adulting today. Meaning we're acting like adults. So... And then some of them are abridged words. So you don't say crazy anymore. You say crap. Yeah, so, so that's a new one. You say, well, that one's thick. We don't know. Because if enough people catch on to it, then it becomes popular, and then we use it as it goes on. And some of you who have gray hair or no hair, you used to have them too. Because some of you never used the word that cool when you were kids. And then the '70s guys came in and we had our own little language that we started to use. But that's new. That's my point. We like new. We like something new so that we can use it. Right. We really like it to be new if we know it before the rest of the crowd does so that we can be the trendsetters then. Whatever reason we like new. Our verse today says, there's nothing new under the sun. So what does God's word mean about new? There's nothing new under the sun. Well, we're not talking about new words, new, new idioms, or new acronyms that we come up with to identify something. No, we're not talking about something like that. As a matter of fact, it's not really even talking about uh, a new invention, uh, or, you know, you take this and you create this over here. We're not talking about that in the Scriptures. We're talking about those things that are steady, that have been steady since it all was created. And so we want to talk today a little bit about there's nothing new under the sun. Now, today we're going to hit Ecclesiastes. We're going to take next week, we have Bear purchase Seed. Yay! Be involved with that, by the way. If you can, come in for a couple hours. It's great. I think I think Cameron said he's going to start at 7 a.m. He takes vacation next week. So literally, he takes a vacation and he comes in, he's got a key. So if you want to come at 7, he'll be here. Are you buying donuts? Where are you at? He, 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 Jeremy, you're going to buy donuts. He'll have donuts for you. And the rise of what's it called? The rising of Rise and Roll is now open and now part new. It's new. We're all excited about donuts. So, so we like new, we like new donut shops. Goshen got a new I think, new one opened up down there to us all. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, we like, we like new, we like food, we like new. And so, so yeah, so this week, be be part of the very precious evening things. So next Sunday morning, uh, Tyler, he's going to be preaching, and then the following week is Mother's Day, so I'll have a Mother's Day message for us, and then we'll get back into Ecclesiastes. But I wanted to get a foundation today. It's kind of hard for the preacher to have Sunday next, you know, a couple of weeks on the flow of things. But I want to walk through Ecclesiastes with us to continue our, our theme that we've been talking about this year. And that is, how do we as Christians view the world that we are in? How is the world affecting us? And we talked about creation. Last year, we talked about the, the end of it all, right, the revelation and the eschatology. And so we're, we're building, and we talked about building and submission, and we're going to see that a little bit more. And understand the world view is I'm not going to submit to anybody. There's no God is nobody. Um, you know, as long as I can try to create this equality and that biblically we understand that God creates order in the area where we need to submit, but it's a whole, there is work as we talk about. It. There needs to be an understanding that we're going to be Christ like. And Jesus Christ uh, submitted to the will of the Father, we need to understand that we show godliness when we have a word spirit. So this this is what we've been trying to hammer out, and trying to help us Christians to realize what we're learning from the world. We should not be owning it. We should not be doing it. Matter of fact, we should be standing out in the crowd, being different, because God called us to be light in this world that is dark. And so the transitions that I think we as Christians sometimes have a tendency to go into and, and forget that. That we're not to be out of this world. We're, we're not to be called to be to be world-ready. We're to be separate. And we're to live for the Lord so that we can actually be a testimony to Jesus Christ in this crazy world that we're living in. And I can't keep up with either, of folks. I don't know if the kids can keep up with the changes and how fast it actually is happening. So how do we live as Christians? God, we're today. We're going to be telling us some important things about the day and age that we are living in, it's, it's it's always there. And the day and age that we are living in right now, it's going to be the same, down the road. Because there's nothing new on the uh, side. We're enthusiastic, once you have found chapter one. We're just going to read the one verse today. We're taking time. And we'll just stand out respect of respect to God's Word, please, when we find the text. And it is verse number nine that we're going to read. John one verse nine. The thing that has been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing. There's this analogy under the sun. Father. Bless the time your word, use it for your glory and honor. Help me. Is here to be able to teach concepts from your word that we can then put into our lives that we can be more Christ love. Help us to understand the world that we are in and help us, Lord, in this generation that we are living in, to be able to reach us. Uh, the, the children, the teens that are here, they're going to have a generation. That they need to reach one day, and the, the grandparents are here. They—they they, they had a generation that they've been trying to reach. We're—we're we're all called, so help us, Lord, to fulfill Your great commission. And that is you what You're going to do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Time is uh, something that we really zero in on in our life when. Uh, we're younger, we want to be older, and when we're older, we want to be younger. We're never, we're never happy with who we are and where we're at. And it seems like when we're looking at the old days, you, you know that when you get older, you start reflecting a lot more and thinking a lot more on the old days way it used to be, and you don't want to think about the future. You know, it's, it's, it's not always great as you get older. It's not for sissies. but a lot of work as we get order, And so if we see this present time, we understand they're in the past, and we understand that they're in the future. This past says as we look at ourselves right now, as we're living, we are not experiencing anything that hasn't already been experienced. Then we see the future. What we're going through now they will also be, if the Lord carries in a hundred years from now. You say, but come on, he all kinds of computers and all kinds of things that are going to be created. Who knows what they're going to be derived in a hundred years. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about things that have always been the same. Here we are in a generation that is attempting to make, in their own, make it their own. By creating their new language, new words, new idioms. So the that they separate themselves from the past. We want like the old. We want something new, something original, something new that's going to make us money. New phones, new apps, new things to do that's going to make my life easier. If so I get it, maybe I can have bragging rights because I created or, or or I found out this first. just see, he will rise up. You'll you'll see that. In our commercials, in our and they're at us. We're using cars. They're amazing. They're ready to they block. Really it's amazing what these things can do. And yet, because we're still not happy, because if it was everything we ever wanted, we wouldn't ever want more of that. Right? And that's what we're getting into with these things that we study further. Nations imitate each other to develop something new for their own culture, whether it's music, art, movies, media, and even beliefs are imitated by other countries to begin a new idealism. This is what we believe. There are certain things that will never, though, be new. These things are what God is attempting to develop in man that is true for every generation. What God is talking about is each generation, there are certain things that God has created and certain things that man is that we must understand. as an internal part of man. Scientists, and they would oftentimes brag, well, we discovered something new. Okay, he does something up and you found something, or you put these two things together and you put but guess what? It's already been there. This matter has already been created by God, and just because we finally discovered it that not make it new. It's just new us, and that we act like we're brilliant. Yeah, but now so we're smart because look what we found. God I made that six thousand years ago. You finally caught up with it something you couldn't see earlier with the media and now we can microscope and we can see it We can look at this we can create medicine we can do God, that place. but we think we're coming up with something new what they've been discovering is what God has made by the nations and the 6,000 years ago may invest something from the very matter it is all around us. There's nothing new. Matter of fact, it's interesting. The God uses the words there's nothing new under the sun. Yesterday the sun came up. Today the sun came up, and the Lord carries so 100 years. Now the same sun is going to come up. And 2,000 years ago, that exact same sun it came up. It's nothing new under the sun. It's the same. It's same moon, same universe, same matter, everything's changing. When you've got past winter, right summer, right on corner. And anybody know what's going to happen after summer's over? Does anybody know? Can you predict what possibly could come? Because you knew it's called fall. And they let never fall, and they leaves come down. You're all going to be great and complaining because it's cold out again, and you guys are heading to head down Florida or Arizona or wherever you're heading to get warm down there. Fine. And uh, so, yeah. So, you've know, got seasons are been seasons, and it's, it's all what has been going on. And God is saying there are things in my creation that show you the steadfastness of God Himself. The creation. You see the sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons, all the matters, the same. The makeup of a man, the makeup of a woman, all the same. Identified. It's interesting in our day and age, it seems that we are not happy with the way God created us. I want to be a man, so I going to have an operation to become a woman. I want be a man. I'm a life of a woman. It's a really good thing. Why do we fight and our minds twist to become something that by nature we are not? Isn't it interesting? You may observe that's a brand new thing. We think it is, but this is the nature of man. Do you know who the lottery actually had to teach them under the law? That this was something that was a current event back there, but it's like, "This is brand new. It's nothing new. I mean, it's not new. It's been going on since Jesus. There's nothing new. So this should be no surprise to us when we look at the nature of man, the fall of man, at least that time period. There has been an ongoing same mindset, and it's because of the nature that we have the same sinful nature if you read Genesis you're going to see greed hate murder adultery backstabbing gossip thieves wars self-righteousness power struggles it's all been happening since Genesis chapter 3 one of the ways that I have of most enjoy teaching the word, and I love going into verses like this is dealing out the concept and, but I, I always like to do when I pull back and I want to see it everywhere, see it all through the scripture, and we call that the big picture. As we see Genesis, the most important book, when we see the rest of history, everything just beginning started right there, we see Satan. We see the fall of man. We see eschatology even starting to find this pattern that it happens over and over and over again. I'll highlight one for you. The nation of Israel. Do you realize how predictable everything is when it comes to the nation of Israel? It's almost like we could go ahead and lay out. The world newspaper and tell you what's happening in Israel. Why? Because in Genesis, God said to Abraham, that he is going to be the father of this one nation in particular, I will bless them that bless me. I will put a curse on those that curse thee. God was saying in his time, there's going to be certain nations that love you, and there's going to be nations that hate you. Well, no, it's right, right there. So we already knew this was going to become a pattern. So you see books like Esther. men then it's time to take out the nation. We see, we see what even happened in Egypt in its, in its origin and, and the oppression that was happening in the slavery and all that was happening to this nation. And, and we see it right on through history. Over and over again in Coach and we, we see housing in an area and now everything is focusing on this nation of Israel and we have so many that just want to turn What's What They literally feel the earth would be better without them as a the people? Some have asked Why do you think our nation has been so blessed? I believe number one. Our position where they do We are blessed because of that. It's not because we don't love our nations or help our nations. We most certainly have. we help helped them militarily, we'll financially, and everything. It's not like them only, but why does everybody else hate them? And want to take them out? Because, of Jesus. why are we blessed in our march? Because position See a little bit happen in the future. Hmm, let me think. Oh, there's going to be nations that are going to rise up and they're going to try to take Israel out. We see it in Ezekiel 37. We see it in Genesis, chapters 12, 13, on through. The of Israel will be attacked and attacked during the time of the tribulation, and the Israelites is going to do their very best to a point when misery takes place. And, and he Christ yeah. to the Christ goes in, sets him up, and himself up, up in the temple of Israel, and he's going to say, "I'm God. Stop your sacrifices." God says, "You better get out of Judea. Get out of God now." And hopefully you're not really present. Hopefully it's not on a Saturday. I hope you can get out of there right now because I'm about ready to turn judgment down. So, please the temple. And guess what Satan is going to be up to? It's not that he's going to create, if you will, the flood that is going to try to literally genocide all the believing Jews in that time period that was fleeing from our life and God to get what I'm going to do. And I'm going to step in and I'm going to protect them and I'm going to open up the earth and I'm going to swallow up those waters. My people Israel will be because they represent me. The things that have been are. And the things that are, it's going to happen all over again. Why? Because of the nature of man. We don't like to talk about our sinful nature. We like to think I'm a good person, and what we see in the world is just the opposite. Sadly, over and over again, we see all of these things and then many more that could be mentioned in the day and age that we live in. The beings that live in chaos and confusion of who we are, fighting and resisting the very will of God and what God has done and what He has created. It's like, I don't want God in the picture. I want to keep him far away. He's okay when I need him, but not in my everyday life. Genesis 3 Because it is the nature of man, without Christ, man will go in any direction he wants. In the book of Judges, it says, that every man did, that which is right, and will Do you think it's right? Oh, I might not be your Christ Let me be me, you be you, because there's nothing nothing actual. There's nothing truthful. There, there's nothing that, that's really true unless it is to you. Well, Christ, man, bless you, himself, has no spirit as inside, as the Holy Spirit inside, and in the garden to help them. But what we do see, though, is that man with Jesus as his personal Savior is a new creation. Things start to change inside, and now we're going to start thinking about the word new. New really, is God's seed. There's nothing new under the sun, the whole nature faith, all these things, just continuing on. Of the God says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation
1: or creature. The old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. God tells us, and this is where we're heading to,
0: Romans in chapter number 3, that man has
1: a problem. God came to fix the problem. Let's go over to Romans And many of you know these verses. Some of you may not. And I hope that if you're not familiar with this text, I'm going to be able to help you to see how God views us. Not how we view ourselves. How does God actually view the world? The mankind as we're seeing it. Folks, have you ever, you know, it's it's crazy to see what is going on in the world. It's crazy to see the nations, the fighting and the battling and, the, you know, these chess games that are going on with, with these different countries to try to find gain, trying to find a way of getting and to be dominant and to control and to have more monies and more oils and gold and. And all the things that man really thinks. If I just had this, I could control and be happy. And yet, man is never happy. We're never happy. We are never totally satisfied. And this is what we're going to talk about in a few weeks. More detail. Let's look how God sees us in this whole problem. Romans chapter 3, starting in verse number 10. As it is written, we're all righteous, every one of us. You're saying, Carl, what version are you reading from? I I guess that's some new world, you know, make you feel really good about yourself translation. Okay, that's uh, that's not what it says. Matter of fact, there's none righteous in whose sight. God's right. So this is God's perspective of us, not as we see ourselves. Because I see myself as a really good guy. I see myself in the mirror, and I'm like, man, look at that guy. I see he is a 25-year-old with a full head of hair. Must be at the gym an awful lot. You know, just just great-looking guy. And then reality sets in. And that's because sometimes we don't see ourselves as we really are. So he says, there is none in verse 11, none that understandeth. There is none that seeks after God. You know why? Because God seeks man. That's what Genesis 3, God says, Adam, Adam, God is always seeking for man. He's seeking for you. He's seeking you. He loves you. You say, I'm not looking for him. He's looking for you. Because He wants you saved. He wants you in heaven to be with Him. They are all gone out of the way, verse 12. They are together become unprofitable. You say, I'm doing all this stuff for God. You think you are. You say, but I joined the Boy Scouts and I helped Grandma across the street for five years. Don't tell me I'm not profitable. In God's sight, not our sight, we can do good deeds, but we're looking at... God's view of what is profitable. There is none that doeth good. No,
0: not one. People may in the military. I've been in the medical field, and I help people all the time. I understand that. And we are very thankful for your services. Civil service is an incredible thing. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about in God's study, is He sees you as who you and I really are. Not as What I compare myself to this person who was a drug dealer and he ruined the lives of teenagers and he's a horrible person, but I'm better than that. We might not be doing that. But God is saying all of us in the whole and every generation, we're all sinners. We'll pick up. Verse 13, their throat. Now the communication it is an open sepulcher, meaning a grave. It's like an open, a yawning grave. That's what our mouth is like. Tongues, they have used for deceit. Poison of acts is under their lips. You ever notice how we're always yacking and talking about other people and ripping them apart? You're allowed to do that? Because we're less sinners. We we, we only want ourselves to look good, better than the other person. Well, that's called pride. Ego. And this world's like, well, you need to be real positive about yourself. You sinners, you Christians, you always call yourselves sinners. Yeah. Because our goal is not to be like men, our goal is to be like Jesus. Way right higher than any man. That's my goal. Is to be Christ-like. By the way, your preacher's not intended to get either. We'll get to heaven you we know. will. Whose mouth is full of purging and bareness. Do you see this? Everywhere we turn. It's cursing, it's negative, it's hard to it's bitterness, it's, it's flashing out, at others. We see it in Hollywood, we see it in movies, we see it, in horrible, we see it in on the news. all that it is is a style of character. And if you are eating that bit right here, and if you need to take an hour to debate about one sentence to the quality of that, people are... The 2 they're real small, they for you. It's like you do not have anything else to talk about for an hour, but one sentence that one person said two months ago. So, their feet are swift to shed blood. If you struggle that with the psalmist, he talks about, David talks about that concept, that they are all after innocent people. Proverbs chapter 1 will describe the exact same thing don't well, put yourself together with them because you're trying to say, let's just, just have one person and let's have a good time and let's walk innocent people and let's talk to them. Literally, day activity. You say, oh, there's no in the Bible. I just gave you one in Proverbs chapter 1. Literally, they're merging together for a cause." And misery in their way, verse sixteen, number seventeen. The way of peace have they not known? There is no fear of God. We'll be talking about that in Ecclesiastes before we eyes. God who is what they say. God who there's no God. There's no fear. There's no respect. There's no accountability of God. I live my life. I die. i know six foot under, so therefore I'm going to get everything I can out of my life. That's all that I have to live for. Is now I want happiness. And there's you no know, fear of God. It doesn't matter in their minds who they cut, who they challenge, who they undermine, as long as they can go to the top. You know what people that finally get to the top realize? It's like, normal. a lot of fun up there. And they get things also if As you were targeting that person at the top, that you're up to the top, everybody else down here is now targeting you. You want to be a leader, you say? Mm-hmm. It's not always glorious. Now we know, verse 19, that what things, whoever the law, now we're going the law, says, the those of them who are under the law. In other words, don't do this, keep the radicals, keep the laws, etc. That every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become what they've been praised. before who? Ah, uh, you get the whole thing. God is in Everybody here, if those who are listening on YouTube, everywhere, we all are parents. He says, don't you tell my my grandma is not a sinner. He is. am I, those are my parents and that's why I am. Because I started from death from death on through. So we're all sinners and we don't like that. Oh, I'm a good person. That's what we think, that's what we see when we look in the mirror. But it's not us. It's God's perspective. You see, I don't believe God's perspective. Tell me, God's right and you're not. You see, I've never mer- I, 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 I heard this. I'm first witness to. A guy from Doug Lowe, actually threw his a I can't remember preaching name. But me and my two buddies uh look, look forward because forward like okay, we're 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 lost. So we to go to that way. And the uh, Christians who weren't ready right for God wouldn't go for that way. So he said we go that way. I'm like, okay, we're gonna So we go to the best of this guy, this part. um he's sitting down well, and saying, you, do, you know, if you were to die today you go to heaven and I like, sure do what you Yeah. We all finally all that we are going to heaven, and literally I said out loud, Ed and Kevin, we all said out loud, we haven't we have killed anybody yet. Yeah. We're at Rob Day back, and I'm begging, oh, yeah. and we go through this whole thing of what we call the big dinners. I need to do those, and therefore I'm from the God of glory, my goodness, He does up in their glory. He couldn't get us lost for anything. He finally a few his prayed for us, and we went our own way. I we went away. We kept down the self-righteousness. A good person. You know who the hardest person to read what the gospel of Jesus Christ is? People who think they're good and do good things, and they, I'm not saying that God to do good things but a good thing to do. Good, do good things. It's all about that. But we're talking about nature inside of us that needs to be forgiven, because we're all guilty before God. Isn't it interesting? He talks about the law there, and he says to you, you and I, those of you who say, "I'm going to keep the ten commandments and I'm going to be a good person," you know God just said? They say I'm going to be under the law. The very law that they're under is condemning them, and God says you're guilty. Then you say thought the law is good? It is. It's perfect. The problem is we're not. We can't keep it fully. Everything, the calling of every tongue, the dying of every eye. We're theirs. so we have to come to that place first. That's the foundation. I remember when Dr. Kimbrough was preaching to me about the cross, a wide cross. I knew in my heart that I was a guilty one and that Jesus died on the cross with the innocent one and that he died for me and my sin. That's why I got saved. I knew I needed to be forgiven and that I couldn't walk away in my own sin. We continue on this study. Therefore, by the deeds of the law... There will no flesh be justified in his, as God's, sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law shows us, I can honor my father and mother every day. I deceive, I undermine people. I didn't keep God first. I had idols in my life. And I realized the law that is perfect. I didn't keep it so the law condemned me and killed me my sin. Verse twenty one. But now I have injury But now the righteousness of God without the law, and of, without keeping the ten commandments or any of the laws of goodness and righteousness is manifested by being witnessed by the law and the prophets. I don't have time to develop that word already. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto some Thank you. All and upon all them that do one thing, what is it? Believe. For there is no difference, whether Jew, Gentile, male, female, it doesn't matter your background, your country, it doesn't matter. Jesus died for all because he loves all. And anyone that will believe that he died for their sin, to ever care of I will forgive them. Period. Why? Because, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't achieve the holiness and glory of God. So we can, but be forgiven through for Jesus Christ verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace. Now, so, justify means God sees you as righteous. He declares you righteous. And the judge will look at his hand and say, there's no evidence against you. Uh, so therefore, you are released. You are free. If, if all this is going to be taken from your record. You walk out of here. You are a free man. You are innocent. That's what God does with you and I. When we believe in Jesus Christ, He sees us innocent, free from all of the of the sin. So you're being justified freely. In other words, you can't earn it. You can't buy it. You say, I've done things. It are about you. It is about you. It's about what Jesus did for you. He did the work for you, so it's free to you and I. He said in chapter six, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life right. through Jesus Christ our Lord." So it's not free to Jesus. He did the work. He paid. it free to you and I. And It's a gift of eternal life, and then all this is by grace. Grace is God giving you and i something that we do not deserve. Ever. Ever. You know, I finally have arrived now. I've been saved for 45 years and I have finally achieved it and I deserve heaven. Wow. we got a whole lot of blessings for you, my okay? friend. Because we are saved by grace. We are kept by grace. And even in heaven, we're going to be crying out, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Even in heaven, we recognize we couldn't be there if it wasn't for the grace of God. For all eternity, the character of God is given to us. Grace gives us the character of eternal life, holiness, and righteousness. Is not ours. It's from God to us. You being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God has sent forth to be the propitiation through faith in His blood. Remember, that God brings up blood the cross right here declare he Give righteousness for the remission of sins, not some of them, all of them, that are attached to the forbearance of God. He has passed over, and Lord, the former things, they are done all all the punishment that you been given to us. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. And you the old death and you death the them. If our sins from the west, gone. Never to be remembered, not to be brought up, thrown in our face. Gone. Do you have that hope? Man's sins have been it is and it will be. The nature of man is in the places necessary. It's gonna be now, it's gonna be in the future. No the pure is happy. And that time said I had a baptism coming up. So I only didn't take notes. Just listen. God will one day make all things. New. Revelation 21:1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There's no more seed. I, John, saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem. You know, new, new new, New new. That's all about new. New Jerusalem. We don't have new cars. We don't have new houses. We don't have new this is the new I'm looking forward to, baby. If this isn't any money And you're not going to buy a car and leave $5,000 to leave the lot. No the creation, yeah, man. Coming down from God having prepared the bride adorn for her husband, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God who is with and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, neither cry no cries, not anything that brings forth pain. Before then he passed away. Listen, verse And he that sat upon the throne said, This is Jesus. Behold, I made all things new. And he said unto me, Write. Well, God, if bring something down, you right, Denver. Take it as truth. This is Bible. For these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto Him the thirst of the fountain of the water of life freedom. Are you thirsty, my friend? Are you thirsty for God? He's seeking you and He's looking for you. Is there now a thirst inside and I want to know more about Him? Right here it is. Jesus Christ who is the great I Am. The Alpha Omega said, One day... I'm going to make everything brand new. And it's never going to deteriorate deteriorating. But I want to be in this kingdom. I want to be part of this kingdom. I and mean, even Peter says, We look forward to the new heaven in the new earth. the church he does. We can't wait for this. You don't want to miss this. Trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Say, a sinner. You've heard that word. Jesus died for your sins to make you righteous in God's sight. And it's freely given. It's by His grace he wants to justify you right now. What are you waiting for? Call on him. Oh, and he'll tell you. Father, your word is amazing. Use this brief invitation, Lord, for yourself. Now, will head by my word, My parents, you are here and say, Thank you, well, you got my attention. I have not been forgiven and none of that. I have not been saved. As Christians use that term because it's a Bible term. Delivered from my sin and you're ready to be saved right now and by Jesus in your heart my friend you have no idea no or no how much God loves you and He loves all of us and He wants you in heaven He's provided a way you can't do it on your own but God can do it for you that's why you humble yourself to Him so do follow me. so how do you do that my prayer you say, working my prayer I'm helping you with that to say something like this been on me from your heart. Dear God, I do know that in your sight as I've learned in Romans that I was there. That I can't work my way to heaven I can't work my sin away. It's good, it's mine. But I've learned, Lord, that Jesus has for me that he can wash the bread. And he can take care of the family. So i am call on you right now to take of my sin. I believe that Jesus died from my sins and he rose again for him. Call me now, this moment, to be my Savior. Thank you for being an amazing Savior. Help me now, Lord, to serve you for the rest of my life. If you prayed that, I really am glad for you. And I don't always do this, but if you did right there pray and invite Jesus Christ in your heart, nobody's looking out at me, nobody's looking at, at me. but if you did right now, don't be afraid of it best for all, I'm just about a question in the heart of it. I'm afraid that everybody would do you with your head. Anybody like him, that? You trust Jesus and your Savior? Anybody like that? Well, you came to that. Right. Lord, bless you, Father. That's what you do. You do for your doing. Amen. Praise